Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Beauty and the Beast in today's statistics episode. Beauty and the Beast, the 2017 live-action remake of the 1991 Best Picture nominee, has just come out. I have seen it. I already have a review episode up on the website, on the podcast. You've probably listened to it, maybe. Uh, But today, it's all about the statistics. And, uh, well, let's just jump right in. I saw it on March 16th this year. And I clocked it at one hour, 123 minutes, two hours and three minutes. Uh, I think the credits are very long. And that's kind of why it ends up being closer to 130 minutes on most websites. Uh, this is an official 2017 release. And the summary is the exact... I, I just copy and pasted the exact same summary that I had for the animated film, which is... A young lass from a local town is held in a castle by a cursed beast. Um, yeah, that's very, very accurate. As I, as I mentioned in the review episode, I gave this movie a 77, which makes it fourth currently uh, for 2017 films. And the Rotten Tomatoes score is, current, is at 68 right now. Uh, but it, it definitely can still kind of shift one direction or another this film is not part of a series but let's look at some of the statistics that it affects on this year it is the 21st film from 2017 that i have seen and the 254th 54th film that i've seen in this calendar year Uh, It raises the average film rating for 2017 releases to a 41.76 and their respective tomato meter to 49.25. As far as uh, the rest of that stuff will come up later. The director of this movie is Bill Condon. Uh, who I've definitely seen a handful of movies from. The only ones on the spreadsheet right now are Beauty and the Beast and Kinsey. So he is ranked in at 290th. Uh, Beauty and the Beast actually dropped him almost 200 spots because Kinsey is rated so high. But uh, he is uh, he is still very well regarded at the moment. Although I know some of the films he's directed are Twilight films, so he will definitely kind of fall a little further. Uh, Let's see here. The writers for Beauty and the Beast. What do we got? (coughs) Excuse me. These are all the animated writers. The animated film had like a dozen different people getting writing credits. Uh, For the live-action one, there's Stephen Chbosky. This is the first film from him that I've seen, that I'm aware of. And so he debuts onto the spreadsheet at 1,302nd with a score of 79. And I think 
as well. There's one other. Yes, uh, Evan. I'm going to try and get this right. Spiliotopolis. This is his second film. Uh, his first being The Huntsman Winter's War from last year, which was terrible. Uh, and so this raises him up to 2,831st uh, for a score of 40.5. Uh, so far, far worse. Those are the only two writing credits for the film. Uh, next, we have the actors. Uh, so this is... I'm going to try and not accidentally bring up uh, any of the actors that are in the animated version, uh, if I can. So... Highest rated uh, actor in this film is Emma Thompson. She is ranked 115th. This is her 22nd film and 12th highest ranked overall. It brings her average film rating up to a 67.82. It is the sixth film of hers that's ranked in the 70s and uh, raises her value up to a 33 to make her score 101.82. She is seven hundredths behind Jeff Bridges and two hundredths above Robert Hardy. You may not recognize that name, but he is in four Harry Potter movies and uh, Sense and Sensibility. Robert Hardy. Does he play in Harry Potter? I don't recognize the name. Uh, oh, he plays... Uh, Fudge. He plays Cornelius Fudge in Harry Potter movies. Okay. We're, I'm with it. I'm with it. Uh, Emma Thompson. This is... Uh, Beauty and the Beast falls at number 12, like I said. Landing right behind Love Actually, uh, which has a 78. And Nanny McPhee Returns, which has a 72. Next, at 147th, is Emma Watson. This is the 16th film from Emma Watson. Half of those are Harry Potter. It is the third film of hers in the 70s and raises her average film rating to a 70.88 and her value to a 29, which makes her score 99.88. Uh, this film is her 10th best film, ranking behind Harry Potter and the, and the Deathly Hallows Part 2 and ahead of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Uh, Emma Watson at 147th is two hundredths behind Chris Cooper and two hundredths ahead of the twins, James and Oliver Phelps, who play uh, the Weasley twins in Harry Potter. What are the odds of that? Next at 234th is Ian McKellen with his 19th film and eighth best overall. This raises his average film rating to a 68.32. It is his sixth film, rated in the 70s, and it raises his value to a 27, which makes his score 97.32. Beauty and the Beast, as his eighth highest movie, ranks right behind X-Men, Days of Future Past, and right ahead of Last Action Hero. Ian McKellen is 100th of a point behind John Gallagher Jr. and Tatsuya Nakadai. Uh, John Gallagher Jr., who was recently in 10 Cloverfield Lane, Short Term 12, and Hush, and uh, 
Tatsuya Nakadai is in Harakiri, Belladonna of Sadness, and Seven Samurai. Ian McKellen is also seven hundredths of a point ahead of Philip Proctor, who is a voice actor typically associated with Pixar films. Toy Story, Inside Out, Toy Story 2, Monsters, Inc., among others. Next, we have a new entry into the the spreadsheet, Audra McDonald. This is uh, her second film. Her first is Rampart, which is ranked just ahead of Beauty and the Beast. Uh, She debuts with an average film rating of 78, two films rated in the 70s, a value of 4, and a score of 82, which puts her in 916th place, which ties her with uh, other actors such as Irfan Khan, uh, Chris Tucker, Charles Bronson, uh, Mackenzie Crook, uh, who plays the guy with the wooden eye in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. And it puts her ahead of Lucas Haas and Bill Nighy, uh, by eight hundredths of a point. Uh, just a few stop, spots below her at 935 is Stanley Tucci. This is his 32nd film and ninth overall. It raises his average film rating to a 56.88. It is his sixth film rated in the 70s and it raises his value to a 25. Uh, it comes in just behind The Imposters and just ahead of Road to Perdition. At 935th place, Stanley Tucci is 100th of a point behind Diane Ladd, and 200th of a point ahead of Christopher Guest. Christopher Guest. Jumping out of the top 1,000, and even out of the top 1,500, is uh, 1,560th place, uh, Kevin Klein. This is his 18th film, raising his average film rating to a 57.56 and his value to a 13, putting his score at 72.56. It is his fifth highest rated film and his sixth film rated in the 70s. It ends up falling right behind the ice storm and right ahead of A Fish Called Wanda, which I mentioned, uh, I think, in the review episode, not in this one. Kevin Klein is four hundredths of a point behind Michael Rooker, who you might recognize from Slither or m- more likely Guardians of the Galaxy. He's the blue guy with the whistle dart. And he, uh, Kevin Klein, is six hundredths of a point ahead of a, a host of people, right, with a score of 72.5. Uh, among them are Christopher Eccleston and Natalia. Tasha Richardson and James Cagney, among others. Kevin Klein. Next up at 1,771st is Ewan McGregor. This is Ewan's 27th film and sixth highest overall. It raises his average film rating to a 54.19, his value to a 15, and his score to a 69.19. It is his sixth film, rated in the 70s, and slots in right behind Salmon Fishing in the Yemen and ahead of I Love You, Philip Morris. Ewan McGregor is 
one hundredth of a point behind Aiden Gillen, uh, who most recognizable as Littlefinger on Game of Thrones. He's also five hundredths of a point behind Dan Aykroyd. And he is one hundredth of a point ahead of Naomi Watts. Uh, Gugu Mabatha Raw it falls outside of the top 2,000. She's at 2,358th. Uh, she is, this is her eighth film that I've seen, raising her average film rating to a 55.63 and her value to a 4. It is her second film, rated in the 70s, and ends up right behind last year's Miss Sloan and right ahead of uh, two years ago, I think, Beyond the Lights, which was also a, a role where she's had to sing for. Uh, Gugu Mbatha-Raw is tied with, of all people, at 2,358th place, Walt Disney. Walt Disney, who uh, lent his voice to a lot of uh, short films early on in, in Disney's career, and even a few uh, later in in the, in, the, in, the, in the company's history. Uh, she is... Raw is also three hundredths of a point ahead of Ellen Burstyn, uh, who is, was an Oscar no, Oscar nominated for Requiem for a Dream, The Last Picture Show, The Exorcist, and Oscar winner for Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore. Next, we have uh, just a skip down. Luke Evans at 2,370th place. Uh, remember, this is out of 3,500 or so people. Uh, so Luke Evans at 2,370th. This is his seventh film and is his second highest overall. It, it falls right behind The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smaug, and right ahead of The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey. Uh, this is... Uh, this raises his average film rating to a 55.43, his score to a, or his value to a 4, and his score to a 59.43. This is the second film of his, rated in the 70s. And he is now one hundredth of a point behind Peter Dinklage, and three hundredths of a point ahead of Teresa Randall. Maybe not a name you recognize. Uh, she's in Near Dark, Malcolm X, Space Jam. Uh, maybe more recognizable, he is five hundredths of a point ahead of David Zayas, who is uh, who he, he's the he's Angel on Dexter is probably his most recognizable role. Uh, next, another new entry onto the spreadsheet, Hattie Morahan, who I didn't talk about in the review episode, but she plays the enchantress that curses the beast this is the third film or this is one of the three films i've seen her in and she debuts at 2436th place uh, uh beauty and the beast is the best film i've seen her in the others being the golden compass and alice through the looking glass from last year her average film rating is a 57 her score her value is a one and her score is a 58 that puts her on par with Helen Mirren, Drew Barrymore, Jean Desjardins, Vern Troyer, 
and, and Ruby Rose, among others. And then we have Dan Stevens, who just falls outside of the three th top 3,000 in a tie for 3,000 in first place. Uh, this is the fifth film from Dan Stevens, and it is his best film to date. It raises his average film rating to a 46, his value to a negative 1, and his score to a 45. And The Guest is his second highest rated film. Uh, none of the people just ahead of him are terribly noteworthy, but he is six hundredths of a point ahead of Ryan Reynolds. Uh, who recently moved up with the with Deadpool, but uh, Ryan Reynolds does not have the greatest track record. Uh, next, we have Adrian Schiller, another uh, person I did not really mention in the review episode, but he plays uh, Monsieur Dark. I don't know who that is. Um. I'm listening. Uh, he's like the, I don't know. I think he's the guy who who is going to take uh, Maurice Spell's father to the insane asylum. I think that's the character he is. Anyway, uh, this is the fifth film I've seen him in, and he's rated ranked 3,169th. Uh, it raises his average film rating to a 41.8. His value to a negative two. And a score to a 39.8. It is the best film I've seen him in. Uh, supplanting Suffragette for that honor. He was also in A Cure for Wellness. Which came out this year. And I believe this is the last person. I don't think anybody's lower than Josh Gad. Uh, Josh Gad ranked 3,296th. Uh, this is his 15th film. And his second best overall, uh, second only to Frozen, and coming in just ahead of Love and Other Drugs. Uh, Beauty and the Beast raises his average film rating to a 40.2. It, it raises his value to a negative 7 and raises his score to a 33.2. A lot of bad films on the resume for Josh Gad, including uh, a previous... Uh, voice role from this 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 very year, A Dog's Purpose, uh, the Adam Sandler film Pixels, the Internship, the short film associated with uh, alongside Frozen called Frozen Fever, the Ashton Kutcher Jobs, uh, the Wedding Ringer with um, Kevin Hart, he, his voice role last year in the Angry Birds movie, and his voice role in Ice Age Continental Drift. Uh, lots of things dragging him down. And yeah, so that is, those are the actors that I, I was able to adjust on the spreadsheet. <clears throat> as far as genres go, Beauty and the Beast uh, clocks or counts as a fantasy film, raising the average film rating of those to 57.2. It is a musical which raises the average rating of those to a 61.63. And it is a romance, <clears throat> raising the average rating of those to a 
This is the <clears throat> fifth fantasy film released in 2017 that I have seen, the first musical from 2017 that I have seen, and the fourth romance film from 2017 that I've seen. It passes the Bechdel test, uh, most notably from Belle and Mrs. Potts exchanging dialogue, or Belle and uh, the wardrobe, which does have a name that I'm escaping escaping me. Uh, I believe she also talks to Plumette. Uh, so she has multiple conversations. I don't know that all of them fully pass the Bechdel test, but definitely one of the ones with Miss Potts does. And as a three on the Bechdel test, Beauty and the Beast is part of the 42.86% of films from this year so far that have passed in flawless colors. And lastly, it's rated PG. And it's the third PG film that I've seen from this year. As far as Academy Awards, um, probably not getting a Best Picture nomination like its predecessor. I think that it's probably in talks for song maybe forevermore i hope i'd like to see it in talks at least maybe for special effects costume perhaps and set design production you know it looks gorgeous i think it could make an appearance in one of those tech categories i don't think it's going to show up in any of the frontline categories though but as far as uh, my personal circle of film awards, it makes a little bit of an impact at the moment. Uh, it, oh, wait a second. Did it not? Oh no. Hold on a second. Something terrible. I did edit uh, the, the, the page online. I, I know I did, but it wasn't showing up. But, let me see. There, there are quite a few uh, impacts that it has. Most notably, uh, it supplants uh, no other way to say it. Yeah, okay, here we go. Yeah, it, it's it's adjusted. Let me just update it to make sure. So it's a plan's no other way to say it as a best picture nominee at the moment. Um, doesn't factor into the best director category. Doesn't have a best male lead performance. Best female lead performance. Uh, Emma Watson takes the fourth slot for Beauty and the Beast alongside Britt Robertson for The Space Between Us. Allison Williams for Get Out, and Zoe Deutsch for Before I Fall. Uh, best Male Supporting Performance, Luke Evans, uh, takes a slot there, and is now alongside Patrick Stewart for Logan, Bradley Whitford for Get Out, Ian McShane for John Wick Chapter 2, and John C. Riley for Kong Skull Island. Uh, no Best Female Supporting Performances. 
I I really wanted to put Ewan McGregor in Best Male Supporting Performance, but he doesn't have a big enough role to supplant any of the other performers uh, in this in this category. So, uh, Best Screenplay, it kind of gets there by default as the fourth film to be on there. Best Original Song, uh, Beauty and the Beast is... I, I have it in here for Evermore, alongside uh, the Lego Batman movie with Who's the Batman and The Space Between Us, the the piano song that Britt Robertson plays that I, I don't know the title of. Best Tactile Effects, Beauty and the Beast joins Logan, Get Out, The Great Wall, and John Wick Chapter 2 in this category, uh, primarily for set design and uh, costumes. And then Best Special Effects, Beauty and the Beast joins Kong Skull Island, Logan, the Lego Batman movie, and The Space Between Us for Best Special Effects. Uh, for, you know, I, I'll have to dig in deeper to see, like, where the special effects and tactile effects line is drawn for these film for this film. But uh, I know The Beast is very much, appears to be very CGI. I know Dan Stevens isn't as tall as he as the beast is in the movie. Uh, and then lastly, best scene, Be Our Guest takes over in that, takes takes a spot in that category alongside the compound attack in Logan, the catacomb shootout in John Wick Chapter 2, the helicopter scene in Kong Skull Island, and the therapy scene in Get Out. So... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Beauty and the Beast debuts with eight nominations at the moment. I highly doubt that it keeps all of them in in sim, sim, you know by the end of the next month, let alone by the end of the year. Uh, we'll see if it can hold on to any of these nominations as the as the movies come out. Um, but for now, it's got eight nominations. Uh, let's see here. I did a little bit of com- comparison to Logan in the review episode, if you want to listen to that. But I thought this episode, I would compare it to the films that I rated 77 from last year. Uh, so like I said, Beauty and the Beast, I gave it a 77. I gave a 77 to four films from last year. Uh and they're very, very different films. Uh, the first is Sing, the animated film that came out in Des- in November or December, uh, which is basically American Idol animated. Um, Sing, like Beauty and the Beast, has a stellar voice cast and great songs. I think that the soundtrack to Beauty and the Beast is better, but... More of the performers in Sing are classically trained or professional singers. And so, I don't know. I think that kind of balances it out for the most part. I think that while neither plot, neither film has a very super original plot, Sing's hasn't really been done in a movie before to this degree. Whereas Beauty and the Beast, we've seen carbon copies of it frequently. Uh, But I think Sing... Definitely, you know, while a lot of the, you know, it's juggling a lot of different plots and most of them are very generic, they're incorporated and they intersect in an interesting way such that 
they they serve to sort of create a greater sum of their parts. Uh, but on the other hand, I think Sing, as an animated film, looks significantly uh, worse than Beauty and the Beast as a live action film, with a live action film with a lot of special effects. And you know, they're released. They've been they were released. You know, four or so months apart from each other. It isn't as if you know, it's not like Beauty and the Beast is Avatar and it's just blowing everything around it outside out of the water. But I think Sing was made for a considerably less quality amount. It's not Pixar. It's not Disney. Uh, it, it's just, it doesn't have the same hyper-elevated standards that so many other animated films are are held to. But, you know, so, but at the end of the day, I think they kind of meet in the middle for the most part. They're, they're, Sing is definitely the closest uh, in, in tone and presentation to Beauty and the Beast from last year that was rated a 77. <clears throat> and I think that a lot of their aspects are quite similar. Uh, next, there's the nice guys. The nice guys. Uh, uh, two private investigators team up to solve a conspiracy surrounding a porn film. This is an R-rated film that really doesn't have anything in common with Beauty and the Beast. But, you know, I've heard a lot of people praising this film at the end of the past year, and, you know, a lot of people were kind of pushing for it to get something at the Oscars. It didn't. I wasn't very disappointed by that. I think it's a very good film. I think that it isn't as funny or as memorable as a lot of people make it out to be. And, but, you know, that's just me. And uh, to that effect, I think that Beauty and the Beast is far more fun and much more enjoyable than The Nice Guys. I think The Nice Guys is much better written simply from the fact that it's not, like, based on a previously existing film. And I think that the main characters of Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling are a better team than... Uh, Emma Watson and and Dan Stevens, but the and then I guess the the oh the the actress that plays the girl and the nice guys the daughter she's great she's fantastic, but outside of those three I really don't I didn't feel the same level of quality from the rest of the cast, and I don't think there's such a drop off in Beauty and the Beast I think that you know even extending all the way out to uh, the kid that does the voice acting for Chip. I think that they're all really playing very highly. You know, Kevin Klein, Ewan McGregor, Ian McKellen, Audra McDonald, Gugu Mbatha-Raw, they're all doing a fantastic job. Uh, the Mermaid. This is a foreign language film uh, released by Stephen Chow. Uh, a mermaid attempts to kill the man responsible for threatening her ecosystem, but instead falls in love with him. It actually has a lot more in common than I expected it to. Uh, it's sort of a, a twist on the Beauty and the Beast film uh, 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 trope, I guess, where the female is, quote-unquote, the beast, as she is a mermaid, and there's not a curse, she just is a mermaid, and she falls for the guy who is, like, 
ruining her life and her very existence. And hilarity ensues as multiple assassination attempts go wrong. The special effects are corny and very uh, Eastern, if that gives you an idea of what I mean. And it it's not, you know, it's not a musical, but it does kind of play into the whole uh, loving someone despite what they look like angle. I, I greatly enjoyed it. I think The Mermaid is very, very funny. I think it's funnier than Beauty and the Beast. I think Beauty and the Beast is more enjoyable uh, from the music and just the, the general atmosphere. Beauty and the Beast looks far greater than The Mermaid ever could. But The Mermaid's plot is really well written, and then Stephen Chow does a great job directing as well. And I think the performances in The Mermaid are on par with the performances in uh, Beauty and the Beast, for the most part. And finally, the Oscar-winning foreign language feature film, The Salesman, by Asghar Farhadi. 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 I don't know how much the H is pronounced. Uh, A couple's relationship struggles when they're forced to move into a new apartment. Uh, You know, Farhadi... creates a very tense drama as he always seems to be able to do however i think this is a weaker film when compared to his best work which in my opinion is a separation and even about ellie i think is is much better than the salesman but you know i can't deny that the salesman is a very good film and there are a lot of very compelling elements to it i do feel it drags at times particularly toward like three quarters of the way through. Uh, I think that it, it does does struggle with some sort of pace, some pacing problems. And Beauty and the Beast really doesn't suffer from that. It, it's very highly energetic. It's constantly shifting scenes before they run too long and become too dry. Uh, the musical numbers really help break up the action easily without feeling like they're stalling. You know, none of the musical numbers are are so long that you're like, well, when's this going to end? And when are we going to get to the next plot point? Uh, You know, but the acting in The Salesman is heads and shoulders above the performances in Beauty and the Beast. They, the, the, you know, they're just on a completely different level. And that is, I think, The Salesman's biggest strength. And I, I think that at the end of the day, all these films, none of these films really excel at everything. They all have very good elements. Uh, some of them, like the nice guys, are sort of just above average across the board. Uh, the mermaid and the salesman are both kind of elevated in one or two particular areas. Uh, and and Sing, Sing is, is very, very similar to Beauty and the Beast with slightly better like writing and plot but slightly, and, and singing, but slightly worse, like enjoyment factor and uh, quality of, of effects. So, yeah. So those are those are the 77 rated films from 2016, released in 2016, I should say. And uh, that's how they stack up against uh, Beauty and the Beast. 
And with that, I think that's going to be it for uh, today's statistics episode. Thank you for listening. If you have any interest in learning more about the podcast or about me or checking out the Circle of Film Awards or the Scavenger Hunt superlatives, uh, please go to circleoffilm.com for all of that information and more. If you want to send me any comments, concerns, questions, or answers, feel free to send an email to circleoffilm at gmail.com. I'm Ryan. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, have a week.